Hi, you're listening to Tales from the Jungle, Living with Addiction. This is a podcast written and produced by a mom of an addict, specifically for other families who live with and or interact with an addicted family member. This podcast deals with heavy material that can be overwhelming at times. Our family's way of coping has always been through laughter. From time to time, this podcast will have an episode of funny stories of true life events as told by my husband, Richard. And this is the first episode in that series. Hi, welcome back to Tales from the Jungle. Dealing with all this emotional baggage can be so overwhelming, and the one thing my family does best is coping through trying times with humor. We've taken some of the most difficult and maybe bizarre happenings of our past and reframed them in a way that our whole family, including Casey, is able to laugh at ourselves. One of our goals has been to help Casey see things in a new light without ridiculing her, and it lets the whole family blow off some steam in a healthy way. But it's also just who we are as a family. Before we begin, I want to send a huge shout out to Casey, who's 852 days sober today. So awesome. Yay. She has come so far and is working every day to get and keep her life on track. She has a good job that she got 100% on her own. She has her own apartment that she rented without our help. And she's kept her momentum going forward in an upward trajectory. She's also permitted me to broadcast this podcast in order to help others, even though it's painful for her to hear. Thank you, Casey. As I mentioned, this is going to be a different type of episode. My husband, Richard, has a way of telling family stories. So I'd like to introduce you to my husband, Richard. Hi, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for the invite, Chelsea. No problem. Before we start, would you tell us a little bit about you and what your thoughts are reflecting back on this journey with Casey? Well, journey is a good way to put it because it has been a journey. And um, we may tell some stories today. We may make a little bit of fun of some situations. But clearly, when these things happened, they were not funny. They were scary. They were upsetting. Uh, A ton of anger came out. Um, But at some point, you got to look back. and, And if you don't just laugh at it, you don't just consider it part of life's experience, then you'll never get through it. So why don't we go all the way back to one of your first and maybe most infamous stories of the car in the house. And so to begin with, why don't you set the stage for us on on where we were and what was going on? Okay. Yeah, Chelsea. Um, It was our 20th wedding anniversary. Our daughter was 18 years old. We were headed off to Nassau for relaxing Vacation just with two of us. And we had been there a little bit. We'd been there most of the week, right? It was the last, turning into the last day of our trip. And that day we were scheduled to go on a nice relaxing hike. And a phone call came in. And why don't you tell us about the phone call from the neighbor? Well, it's a typical phone call from a neighbor when you're uh, on vacation and your child's at home alone. Uh, Started with, it's okay, nobody's in the hospital. So at that point, I wasn't very lucid. I was kind of like, what? What's going on? And you're looking at me, and 
What, why don't you tell us what the neighbor said? Said everybody, again, everybody's okay. Um, there's a little bit of blood. I think that's from the guy that drove the car into the house. But everybody that was in the house is okay. Um, but when you get home, we don't want you to be super, super surprised. But there is a car in your house. So then we got home. Um, we did find there was a car in the house. We still didn't have a clear idea of what was going on. So we sat Casey down and said, hey, why don't you give us the story of what happened? And so starting from uh, square one, why don't you tell us what she told us? Well, we, we asked what happened. And she said that she had a, uh, a get-together. A gathering. Uh, a group. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't a party. No, it was just a get-together, a gathering, some friends. But you were only supposed to be there alone, no friends, no one was allowed to be here. It was just a couple people. It was just a gathering. And so I think what she told us is she had gone to a party somewhere else. And they wanted to do an after party. And, of course, she had a house available, so she said, why not? And social media, one thing leads to another. And the gathering, they get together, the friends turned into a block party, kind of a rave. <laughs> yes. So then um, she, they're having a good time, from what I understand. But there's this one guy there who is obnoxious and um, hitting on underage girls. And dealing drugs. Oh, that too. So at that point in time, they decided to be good citizens and kick him out. Yeah, don't want to mess up a good rave. So, <laughs> so they ask him to leave politely. And he refuses, and I believe there was a little bit some more forceful things going on because we did see blood spatters over the walls in various rooms, pretty much all the rooms, as I recall. Uh, there was blood everywhere, but they, uh, what they did is they put the, the young man into his car and told him to take off. So a lot of them stood on the front patio waiting for him to take off, and instead he decided to go across the street, rev up his car, and drive as fast as he can directly at the front door. So let me let me paint the picture of this. The street's five feet higher than the center of our lawn, and the front porch is five feet higher than the center of our lawn. So there's like a V. So at full speed, he drove but got stuck just before the porch, which saved a lot of kids' lives and injury. He would have he would have killed a bunch of people. Um, so what he did is he then backed the car up aimed at a different part of the house where the lawn was flatter, and drove through the garage. So when he went into the garage, wouldn't he have hit a car? Well, your car was parked on the side of the garage that he would have destroyed. Um, but for some reason, the car wasn't damaged at all. Um, wow, that was, that was lucky. Yeah, Casey says that the impact of the car hitting the house must have picked up your car and moved it 15 feet without wow. damaging it. It's a miracle. It, it was. We were, we were shocked, but at least we had something good come out of it. <laughs> so instead, what probably happened was she found the keys to my car and had been having some joy rides in the meantime. Oh, yeah, she had, she had broken into it. She had taken the doors off the, the hinge in her bedroom and uh, had some of her friends spending the night in our room and got your keys and was joyriding your car and doing all the things that she promised she, of course, wouldn't do as a responsible 18-year-old. And so getting back to the story of the car in the house. So he's stuck 
Now, with the car in the house, the, the side of the house is brick. So there's bricks on the ground and friends have come, so-called friends have come outside. And what happens then? Well, they're trying to get him out of the car, but he wouldn't get out of the car. I mean, he just said, forget it. I'm not getting out. You guys can't get me out. I'm staying in the car. I mean, probably the smart thing for him to do is stay in that car because everybody was pretty, pretty frustrated. He was dealing drugs, pretty frustrating. He was high, pretty frustrating. He was hit on younger girls that were at the party. And so they found some of the the bricks and when angry people have bricks and they want to get somebody out of a car, they decided to use the bricks, broke all the windows, dragged him out of the car, bloodied him up pretty good. He, uh, of course, then ran around around to all the neighbors, knocking the door, asking for help, asking for them to call the police because he was being uh, being mugged. And let's remind everyone, it's what, three in the morning, I believe? Sometime, I think the get-together started at 8, but the party was still going at 3. Yeah. So the neighbors called the police, and they called the fire department, and then they called helicopters. So we got spotlights on our house. We got police all through the neighborhood. We have ambulances, fire trucks. From what we understand, remember, we're in, we're in Nassau right now, sleeping. And so we were in Nassau the next day as well. But the good news was we were on the news. I mean, that was, I think, my first time. My first time, too. We live a pretty quiet life, but fortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, we were kind of a big deal in the small town we lived in. So um, we come back, and we're getting all the information about what's going on. And um, what was the... Our neighbors were pretty interested in what was going on. From what I understood, they had some lawn chairs. They were having a sit down in front of our house with coffee and, and donuts, maybe even. There was a whole group of them that thought that this was really funny. Yeah. So instead, but, of, instead of watching the house, they decided to set up a little get together outside themselves and barbecue and watch all the police and the firemen and everything that was going on. So it was, it was a big Saturday night for our neighborhood. It was, it was. And it turned out that not only did she have this get together, but she'd had a friend staying over Every night. And one of them ended up watching porn, I think, that ended up being charged to our our cable TV. So that was fun. No, somebody watched a marathon. <laughs> and when, when they weren't watching the marathon, they decided to go through all of our drawers and steal all of our jewelry. Yeah, there was, was that nice. too. But we did. So the good news was we were able to prosecute and we were successful. And we even got the um, restitution for our deductible on our insurance. Um, there was some kind of fund, I think, also a crime victims fund that we got access to. But um, the car that ran into our house, the guy who owned it, he ended up paying us $50 a month, every single month. And we, we received restitution in full. He never missed a payment. So that was good because he would have gone back to jail otherwise is my understanding. Yeah, and, and to tie the whole story together, this car was then purchased by one of his best friends who um, later ended up being Casey's boyfriend who started this whole nightmare of introducing her to heroin. Yeah, there was that too. So this was probably one of our first big encounters of a, a serious kind. Let's talk about what our takeaways are on what we experienced. What do you think, Richard? Yeah, I, I think um, 
some of our takeaways is is one uh, just be be blessed and happy that no one got no one got killed or hurt other than the guy the kid that drove the car but no nobody got hurt nobody got killed everybody's okay uh, one of my other takeaways is don't trust an 18 year old don't go out of the country if you have an 18 year old if their mouth is moving they're probably lying um, also, don't trust your neighbors. They're, they're not going to do your job as a parent to make sure that everything's okay at your house. They'll, they may tell you they are, but they probably won't. Um, Is there something you would have done to, besides the not trusting and so on? I mean, we had our whole lives, we had tried to do a good job of, of watching things and maintaining and so on. Is there anything that you can think of that you would have done differently at that point in time? No, no the only thing I'd like to share is it, it's not our fault. You know what? It's not your fault either. These things happen. Mm-hmm. Kids do things. Kids are trying to break away. Kids are trying to get to where they want to be or they think they want to be someday. Let's all remember, we were 18 once too. We probably didn't do everything that our parents said. And if we really, really think about it, it probably wasn't our parents' fault when we did something at that age. We probably knew mm, this is on the edge. This is wrong. But what uh, Chelsea and I had a tendency to do was internalize it a lot. It was our fault. What did we do wrong? What could we have done better? What should we have told her? Uh, didn't we bring her up knowing right for wrong? Didn't we bring her up knowing that lying is bad? Just like all of us parents, we, we did all of that. But we internalized it that it was, it, it was something we did wrong. I think that's a really great point. And thank you for bringing that up because that has, it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I really understand that it's not my fault and it's, it, it is what it is and people make their own decisions and they take responsibility for their decisions. We can only guide and, and coach, but we can't, we can't, we have no control over what they do, which I think I've mentioned before. Okay. So let's move on to the next story. Um, this one I think is really funny. Uh, Richard, you tell it really well. Why don't you start with uh, what was going on, where was Casey living, all of that kind of stuff. Actually, this is one of the few I think was funny at the time. <laughs> and we tell, t- still tell the so- story to Casey because it's still funny and it still gets a smile on her face. Uh, she was living at home at the time. She had, uh, she had Googled Earth us because we moved and she found us. So she was back, which was great because we could you know help her out. But it was, gosh, I don't know, one, two in the morning. Uh, Chelsea and I were sound asleep and we hear banging on the front door and uh, she wasn't supposed to be home that night. She was going out with friends and we were going to see her the next day. But so I hear banging on the front door, throw a robe on. Yeah. We didn't give her a key to the house yeah. at that time. Yeah, That's yeah. why they were knocking on the door. Yeah. There, there, there was no access based on that, uh, that event we referred to earlier where they had to get together. So there was going to be no key to the house ever. Um, so knock on the door. I throw a robe on, you know, Chelsea's sound asleep still, uh, open the door and there's Casey smiling, looking at me. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you here? And then out from the bush comes the boy holding a beer. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, uh, got it. We we need to talk to you. And I go right now. Yeah. It's really, really important. We got to talk to you right now. I go, you know, it's the middle of night or sleep in this wait. I don't think it can wait. So, of course, my brain's saying pregnancy, don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I let them in. They sit down. 
He puts his beer down on the table. I grab a coaster and put the beer on the coaster because the beer is on the table. Um, and he introduces himself. And he... And, well, and, didn't you think it was important to get me at that point in time? Not, I, not yet. Not no? yet. No, no. I, actually, he sat down and Casey, and Casey and I have something we want to tell you. We have known each other for, gosh, it's been a week or so. And there's something special between us. We don't know what it is. It's just something you can't put into words. It's, uh, we're going to be together forever. And, and I go, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think Casey's mother needs to hear this. Let me go get her. So I went and got Casey's mother. She suited up in a robe and came out and sat at the table with us. I said, okay, what do you need to ask us? Well, we want to drive to Texas tonight and be together for the rest of our life. So we all kind of looked at each other and said, well, you're an adult, okay. Uh, first of all, you guys have been drinking. You're not going anywhere tonight. So, I mean, grab a couch. Um, but I do have one question for you. Look, I can't control her. She's an adult. If she wants to go and you guys have this perfect thing and this this is it. This You guys saw stars, lights, flashing signals, whatever that says. We're, we're the ones for each other. I think it also took us a minute to talk them out of driving while they after they've been drinking as well. It actually, it actually did. You're right. Thanks for reminding me about that. But you know, that was the first priority. Was you're not going anywhere tonight. Matter of fact, you know, give, give us the keys. You're staying here. So I looked at him. I said, I do have one question. You answer this question, you guys are out of here tomorrow, and we're comfortable. I need to know what our daughter's name is. And he kind of looked at me perplexed, and it's like, what are you stupid? I know her name. It's, it's Casey. I go, good, good. What is her whole name? Her last name. Yeah. What's her first and last name? Dead silence. And all I heard was, as Casey's head hit the table, because she was laughing so hard she couldn't even keep it together. Clearly, he didn't even know her whole name. So we said, why don't you guys go to bed? You're on the couch. You're in your room. We'll talk about this in the morning. So in the morning, they got up and we thought, oh, okay, so they'll understand that this was kind of a silly idea. He didn't even know her name. And what happened? Well, Casey shared her, her last name with him. So now he knows her name and they're packing up the truck and they're going to drive 15 hours to Austin, Texas. And they went to Texas. And how long did it last? Well, as a coincidence, you and I were flying down to Texas to buy a car we found online. Now, now my, mind me, uh, it, it's four or five days later? Yes, that's all it was. It was, I think, five days when she ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, and, and supposedly he had a really good job. His, um, his job is he sold, I'll be ready for this, he sold meat door to door. So he would drive around in a truck, knock on your door and sell meat. So he had a good career path. They had a good plan in Texas. Um, but four or five days later, we happened to be in Dallas picking up a car and got a call that they're out of money and she needs to be picked up and they're no longer the perfect match. So we drove five hours down to Austin, tried to drive all the way back to our home, didn't make it and spent the night in the hotel. And, uh, that's kind of the end of that story. It's the last time we saw the meat boy. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any takeaways from that story? I, I think our initial reaction was, no chance, you're not going over our dead body, you're staying here, this is stupid, 
you know, we're adults. We understand how stupid this is and how this isn't going to work. But we actually let Casey do it. It's okay. It's your decision. You go do it, and you're going to have to deal with the uh, the issues if anything happens. Now, would you consider us saving her by going down to pick her up? We absolutely did. That you know, that was kind of the star of us. Maybe not the star of us, but that was an ex- a perfect example of uh, my rescue mentality. You know, my my daughter, my child is in trouble, and you go rescue. That doesn't make me a bad person. Doesn't make me a good person. Doesn't make it the right thing to do. Doesn't make it the wrong thing to do. It was the thing I chose to do at that time. And we were still learning what we needed to do. And she she hadn't started on her journey of wanting to get sober. So it was a long process. And this was, I think, pretty early on before um, we had really gone through all the different rehabs and the different things we had gone through to learn more about what we needed to do. I understand. I'm still learning. I don't think this process ever stops. Never. Uh, every time the phone rings and Casey calls us and looks for something, there's a piece of me that wants to, to take care of it and make it all better. And it's, it's always hard. That's always a hard place to be. But um, thank you for joining me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And um, we'll do it again. We'll have this segment from time to time. So thanks so much, Richard. And we'll talk soon. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you in two weeks with one of my normal episodes. And if you enjoyed this, please leave a review to help others find it. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea's Jungle if you want to leave comments or questions. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Music is Writing the Dragon by Movie Theater.